0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Big League Chicago. I'm Rick, here with Jack. And the Hawks finally have named their GM, Kyle Davidson. Uh, Not the guy we wanted, but I think the overall feeling, and Jack, you can back me up on this, dude, uh, is pretty good pick, right?
1: Yeah. You know, I think uh, the the odds on favorite going into the, the search, you know, he was... He's put in the interim role when uh, when Stan was let go. He's been with the, the organization uh, as we've talked about, you know, a few shows ago. I think for what 15, 10, 10 years now since two thousand twelve. So you know, we're coming yeah, up he's on, on ten years. Been this with these year. guys
0: for a while.
1: So uh, you know, a lot of he stepped into that assistant GM role about a year ago, and then took over in October. Um, you know, I think. Uh, um, People seem pretty excited to see what he's going to do. You know, he made that small trade for Lafferty in the middle of the year, and he's been an exciting mm-hmm. uh, addition to the lineup. But, you know, we'll talk more about him, I think, during our breakdown of uh, Thursday night. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it, it's it's someone who, yes, he worked under Stan Bowman, but he's tried to make it pretty clear to the public that he's he's different and he sees the game a lot um, differently, and, and it wants to take that approach and and use analytics and, and be open minded and kind of flush out the the organization's past and and kind of you know refill it with uh, um, some new roles. And so I think there'll be some turnover kind of come off season and in some of the roles. I think you know scouting and stuff like that will probably will change a little bit. Um, but yeah, no, overall it's exciting. It's it's not Stamp Bowman, so I'm, overall I'm happy. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's it's definitely not Stan
0: Bowman. I, I, I had a feeling that, you know, you as well as every other Hawks fan I know would be happy about that. Um, you talk about the turnover with Kyle Davidson, and he's already kind of uh, let go of a couple people. And in, and in the department you were talking about, scouting, um, he was talking about how maybe, or, you know, th- those guys didn't really align with what they were doing. Uh, I forget exactly the names and the positions that were let go uh, literally just maybe like a day or two ago. For, uh, by Davidson, but you know, you could tell that there is a you know w- with that, uh, with those moves being made, you can tell that there's like going to be a different atmosphere. Kyle Davidson is his own guy, you know what I mean? Like he is he is going to make his own moves. He is going to create his own culture, create his own uh, um, de- uh, not department, but his, but his own people, right? Like mm-hmm. what he believes is his vision. He's going to bring in those people that are going to basically lead this organization to that vision. And I thought it was, you know, you kind of come in and you basically are like, this is what I want, this is who I don't want, and this is who I want. Like, I think it's just a fucking great move by him to kind of his first week uh, in the position to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, so um, that name you're looking for is Vice President of uh, Amateur Scouting. Two guys, actually, it's Mark Mm -hmm. Kelly, a guy who's been with the team for for a while, he's actually been spotlighted, and for the Hawks fans that have watched their kind of Instagram stories of and YouTube videos of drafting through throughout the years, he's been a big figure in that. And then also, I, I guess the assistant GM Ryan Stewart were both let go on Friday. So yeah, yeah like you said, mm-hmm. making moves, heads are rolling, um, you know, yeah. keeping everyone on their on their toes, and, and that's what needs to happen. You know, they need to take this as and treat it as a premier organization. It's an original six franchise. And mm-hmm. for coming off the decade that they just had, you know you can't can't fall back into the mediocrity and irrelevancy that they had throughout the two or thousands. And uh, um, you know when Bill Wirtz was was your owner, it was it was tough. Yeah. You couldn't watch the Hawks on TV and you know it it was tough times for that organization. So the, the last thing I think Danny Wirtz and, and and Kyle Davidson want to do is uh, is you know take steps back, but unfortunately, you know, I think Davidson has has also, really understood that, yeah, Bowman tried to retool this offense and this, you know, the the core and and, and Fleury, who's been great and mm-hmm. nothing against Marc-Andre Fleury, but, you know, he can make as many saves as, as he can, but when you're not getting the defensive and offensive help from the rest of the team, you know, you're going to lose games. And that's kind of what's happened. It's it's something Fleury is really not used to throughout his career, but that's just kind of what the reality is. And... <clears throat> He understands that you you're going to need a more of a rebuild and through scouting through developing your prospects through rockford and and throughout the organization (laughs) and and you know yeah that 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 sounds like oh how many years is that but it's it's being honest and, and and it's transparent about what the what the blackhawks need right now and it is a rebuild
0: yeah and i i think that was easily one of the most important things he could have said during his like press conference right like this is absolutely a rebuild, um, and while it's not something that maybe Hawks fans want to hear, you know, you you've seen it through uh, a lot of organizations. You know, mm-hmm. the White Sox probably White Sox and Bear, um, Bulls being probably the most current, right? Like mm-hmm. being set up for that success through rebuilding and being able to let go of some guys that is that are like fan favorites. Uh, you saw that with the Cubs over a decade ago. Um, you're seeing that with the Bears now, and then you know. With the Bears doing it now, now the Hawks are doing it. It's just like the next team up. Um, it's just new ownership. It's, I just thought that was the most important thing he could have said. And then he's had conversations with Fleury. Uh, you bring his name up about you know keeping that deal that Flurry had with Bowman when he first brought him on. Just another thing I feel like was important for Davidson to kind of bring up in his press conference and to... You know just to kind of like i guess keep good faith with veterans but i don't really i i feel like the relationship it's definitely a relationship building business but i don't know i don't, I don't really care about that as a fan you know like yeah. like you said you know bringing in flurry he could see he could, he could be saving all these goals right but at the end of the day if the defense and the the talent isn't there you know in front of him, it's going to be tough to keep them and to retool
1: yeah absolutely you know i think to your example of teams that have, have rebuilt you know those are absolutely absolutely great examples and then for a hockey example i think you know new york rangers fans will remember and and i think it was like february 2018 um the organization kind of released a letter in the paper and and you know in the media apologizing and telling you know the fans were rebuilding we're we're gonna figure this out and we're gonna return to the spotlight and you're you're seeing that this year and and New York's a great team this year. They're going to be a playoff team in the East and mm-hmm. it's exciting to see that New York's got good hockey and you know it's it's proof and evidence that you know yeah that took 3 4 years but we can do it. You know we've we've had our three championships in the last, you know, 10 12 years and and yeah. we could accept uh you know a few years of 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 okay hockey and and then try and bounce back with at least some of these guys because you know you still have some some pieces, I guess, in DeBrinket and hopefully Doc, in, in the future. But uh, uh, it'll be interesting, you know. I think as we we look at it being March sixth, I know the deadline's coming up. You know, I think, yeah. Um, as you posted on the story of of uh, yeah. um, for crack on Media, is, is Patrick Kane and all those guys going to be moving? You know, there are reports this week. Uh, or I think uh, the GM for Colorado was was talking about potentially. Uh, um, not potentially that he had inquired with Chicago of, yeah. you know, move for Patrick Kane and and that if the Hawks were found that they wanted to move him this off season or this this trade not off season this trade deadline um, mm-hmm. that they should you know trade him to Colorado and and it's weird because you know in that same week you have Kane in a press conference who who kind of declared that it would be an honor and privilege to finish his career out as a Blackhawk and and is willing to do that so um you know you you kind of see uh two sides of it you hope you hope uh there's no real truth to the fact that Kane would be moved i don't you know i don't think that would happen yeah. um at least not yet you know and and then to piggyback that i guess uh the Mark Andre Fleury situation you know I, I think the reports this week have been heavy in the sense that you know Davidson and Bowman made a deal with him coming into the season that if uh, he was to come play in Chicago that he would have total that Flurry would have total control of of his destiny throughout this season, and if that's meaning move to a playoff team that could go win it, or we're staying in Chicago and finishing the year here. Um, yeah, Flurry would be given that control, and it sounds like Flurry's leaning towards staying in Chicago, which which is an honor and privilege. You know, I'm glad he likes Chicago, and, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's 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 tough. It, you know, I, I also respect that Davidson is is honoring his word but it's it's pieces that this team could use to uh potentially retool as we've been talking about and you know that's that's a guy who who teams will will want coming coming march and april and in may
0: yeah and even one of uh one of the uh, crack one media's uh hawks riders, jack p right he, even he said it like in his latest blog that flurry could bring in a first round draft pick something that the hawks don't have you know like if if a team is you know that that needs goaltending as badly as they do for the playoffs, uh, they could absolutely you know get a first round draft pick for that, and again start that rebuilding process. But you have to respect that that Davidson you know said to him, "We're keeping the same deal. If you want to if you want to be traded to a possible playoff contender, let's do it. And if not, mm-hmm. you want to finish this year off in Chicago, we can do that as well. Um, and then." With Patrick Kane, you know, saying that he, he he'd he'd want to, you know, uh, finish his career off in Chicago, even through a rebuild, even through really like the last few years of his probably play, uh, playing career, do you do you one hundred percent necessarily buy that, or do you think it's more of a? I'm kind of saying this for the fans, but I really like to go to Buffalo. You know, you know, take 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 my last few years at home, something like that.
1: Um, for now, I'll, I'll take it for his word. You know, I think um, it's it's going to be interesting. You know, you have Kane and Taze who are both making, you know, the same amount of money. Both are going to be asking for similar ranges about money. So um, it's a sense of if the organization wants to commit to the one of the two, you know, Taze being your captain mm-hmm. and Kane being your scoring. Um, and I don't want to take it into that debate of, of who they'll keep out of that i think Cain, I think kane truly wants to be here you know he had a kid here this this past year and um his wife's from chicago yeah yeah so uh you know that's exciting and and he's taking the steps to you know go into parenthood and and being a father so that, you know it's all exciting and so uh, if he truly loves it here he wants to be here I, I i respect that and i can accept that and and you know now i'm buying it we'll see we'll see mm-hmm. as this come off season and if the hawks and you know contract extension talks will be you know they'll be held this season or this offseason because that's you know that's how it's done you know if you're going to re-sign a guy mm-hmm. or you're you're either going to re-sign them because it's just some something happened and some bs occurred that you know it took all the way to the season to re-sign them but uh generally those things are taken care of in the off season. so it will it, be interesting you know davidson's got a, a lot of things up uh up ahead uh, to look forward to and a lot of moves that will kind of shape the future of this organization pretty quickly. So I I guess, you know, yes, we may, may keep flurry. You know, maybe we, we see a departure of some, some assets or not assets, Mm -hmm. but uh, people that are on this roster now, like a Strom or a Debrinket or not a Debrinket, but a Kubelik or, or, um, you know, others uh, packaged together for some picks and, and stuff like that here come trade deadline. And after the, after the trade deadline come, uh, you know, pre, draft so you know he's got options. Yes, the flurry thing it, it puts a, a damper in it, and you know obviously, um, Kane, Kane was kind of the piece of you know the the rebuild was occurring and complete when Kane and Taze made that roster in oh eight and 09. and and uh, you know they kind of flushed they they kind of flirted with making the playoffs that year and then made the playoffs and lost to Detroit and um, I think I'm a year ahead of my timeline, but. Whatever, And so, you know, I think he's seen the completion of it. Does he want to be a part of it? We'll see. We'll see. Come, come this off season. I don't, I, like I said, I don't expect him to be moved, um, at the deadline. I would, I'd be pretty surprised by that, especially with another year of control, um, given on his contract.
0: Yeah. You, you and 60% of the, the guys following crack when media, I G pages don't think so, but there's still a 40%. They're like, ah, uh, we'll see, you know, like they, <laughs> they'd just be sad if they did. Uh, um, but yeah, man, it's it's exci- it's cool to have, cool and exciting to have a GM finally set for the Hawks and one that's been with the organization for a while, and we'll see whether that is a really good thing. It's, you, so far, it looks like the right move, um, but it could also be you know possibly a bad thing. Um, we'll never know. We we won't know until you know five years down the road when we're like, the Hawks are still kind of trash. What what happened there? You know, <laughs> but let's uh, let's move on to their. Uh, the Hawks talk breakdown. Yeah, against the uh, starting against the Oilers.
1: Yeah, so Thursday night in Chicago, an emotional night for Hawks fans. Um, mm-hmm. Nicholas Jalmerson was kind of sent off, and you know, as he retired, I think last year or two years ago, and uh, it was his first time, you know, since COVID, able to come back to Chicago, and he was given a proper, you know, pre ceremony. Uh, Dude, um, that
0: guy. That guy looks like he could put on the pads right now and fucking block a 1000 more shots. That dude looks good.
1: Oh, it's funny. It's funny you say that because he they were interviewing him throughout the day and he was, you know, I think that question came up and he was just kind of like <laughs> I have no interest in coming back. I have no interest in playing. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Too. He's and, like yeah, I'm, he's, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, he said I'm content with moving on. So you know, yeah, no. The hammer was hammer was a big, uh, big role of this team. You know, he won three cups with the team. He he uh, led the team. I'm pretty sure every year in block shots and and it was a key role of that blue line. And uh, you know, so it was, it was sad to see, but uh, you know, it was great that he got a good uh, you know standing ovation and and was it was mm-hmm. sent off properly by the by the organization. But uh, unfortunately, we, and it wasn't the only sad moment of uh, of the night, as you know, as <laughs> Thursday marked the the first uh first time uh, you know future hall of famer duncan keith has has made his return to chicago since you know being traded uh, mm-hmm. uh to edmonton last year and and um yeah that was you know the oilers kind of did something nice on uh on wednesday on their, at their skate they you know lined up in the hallway and gave him kind of like a tunnel to walk through and it was nice to, and uh the hawks did a nice little video for him so it was you know it's emotional you saw those two guys, you know, be the anchor of the Hawks blue line for, you know, eight plus years and, you know, Keith yeah. standing, you know, 20, almost 20 years. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's emotional in that sense. And, and Hawks fans where, uh, there were some tears, I, you know, I was, I was <laughs> not at the game, but watching it on the broadcast, you could see some fans were, were emotional watching that. Cause you kind of, it's not like that, you know, punch to the gut of your stomach that, you know, you're used to, but it's yeah. like. Yeah, all right. I think China, times have changed. You know, to, to accept the reality of just of, just a little bit. Are over. <laughs> So, but in terms of the game, in terms of the game, you know, the Hawks Hawks started out great. Um, I, they they were able to get a get a lead, and you know, in Hawks fashion, coming into the third, it was it was tightly contested, and Edmonton was able to tie it up. You know, I think Trice said it was able to was able to get the goal and uh, sense it to overtime and so mm-hmm. we get about halfway through overtime and Edmonton takes a penalty and you know Kane and T- or Kane and Dabrinkit were able to do their thing they tried it a few times and and Kane sitting on on one side of the crease was able to pass it across and and Dabrinkit was able to fire home the one-timer to to take the win uh you know Hawks had goals from Kubelik and, and Lafferty you know someone I mentioned earlier Lafferty who, who was um you know traded for earlier in the in this season uh you know kind of a guy who had needed a new home and he's he's found it he's on a one-year deal but uh Mm -hmm. uh, he's he's a guy that's is willing to get in the corners and and do the dirty things that that it takes to to win and and make your team a success so he's a guy that you love to have as as depth for for your offense so uh you know hopefully that he's able to stick around here come off season but uh you know it was nice to see Lafferty get on the board but he was yeah.
0: he was someone that, that wasn't very well known, at least like you know, for maybe <laughs> definitely I'm a casual, right? Like I'm a casual fan for the Hawks. You're more of like the nitty gritty fan, but for me it just seemed like it was he was somebody that was kinda like unknown until, you know, he came to the Hawks and then was, he started like making that impact like you're saying.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um I went to the game I went to a game earlier in the year when one of his first games when he joined the Hawks and and I saw the trade and and you know processed it I like you know threw it in the back of my mind didn't think anything of it didn't know the name didn't didn't think uh, anything crazy and and then you know saw him play and was impressed he's 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 quick he he works hard and you know he gives you all he's got for for those 30, 45 seconds that he's out there. Mm-hmm. So uh, was yeah, also exciting was Thursday marks their return for you know Jonathan Tays who who's come off the I.R. from a. Uh, a concussion, Riley Stillman coming back from an injury, and then, you know, Tyler Johnson, who, who won a cup with Tampa Bay, and it was a key figure in that, that organization. But uh, he unfortunately had to have neck surgery um, earlier in the year, so he came back uh, on Thursday night, and, he, you know, he's played the last two games, so it's exciting to see him get his feet feet under him as a, a Blackhawk, as, you know, a guy who they signed for, for a few years.
0: Yeah, man, it, it's, it's great to see. And then it's funny because, like, you know, you were mentioning – uh, Taze coming back, and then with like the whole Duncan Keith thing. Was it who who dropped the puck for them? Like that ceremonial first? Yeah, John was the Yeah, yes, yes. And then you saw Keith kind of like going at him a little bit. He won it, you know. Usually Taze wins those, but Duncan Keith,
1: being the 20-year vet that he is, was like, nah, son." No, yeah, it was great. It was great. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad Keith gave him a hard time because, uh, you know, <laughs> frankly, these guys need as hard as much harder of a time they can get from people because it's been uh, it's been rough but no yeah like i said it's just uh it marked a that photo um and and you know video just kind of sums up uh, a lot that's changed in this organization yeah a lot yeah
0: a lot and and like you said you know bring brought tears to a lot of fans eyes and it just bring it just kind of like brings you down to earth where you're like I, we're no longer in the good old days, you know what I mean? <laughs> we're no longer in that good seven-season stretch where we were constantly in the playoffs. And now, you know, and of course, you know, it gets capped off with Davidson talking about rebuilding and shit. So. But it was great to see all these guys back, man. It definitely brought back a lot of memories, especially with the hammer blocking all those fucking playoff shots. Like, it was
1: just amazing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, since since Thursday night, you know, since that win, uh, the Hawks Hawks. Traveled to Philly yesterday for a 2 p.m. primetime spot on ABC. I could not tell you why ESPN and ABC decided <laughs> to broadcast that game. I think Philly has won now two since winning yesterday, two out of like eleven since the All-Star break. So, um, yeah, was <laughs> a little Hawks questionable what on the that fuck? one. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, of course the Hawks were unable to get the win. Uh, yeah, I know. Of Dylan course. Strome was able to get two uh, two goals and you know a nice one of them was with a nice assist from Kane as as he got his tenth uh, and eleventh of the season. DeBrinket was able to get one for his thirty first. But you know Philly played harder. They they outworked the Hawks in the first period, outshot them. Hawks outplayed them in the second, but Philly came out and, and scored two in the third and and never kind of looked back from there. Um, and controlled the rest of the pace, and you know Chicago lost four three. Lankinen was in net. He uh, he stopped twenty three of twenty seven. You know, I think it's the second game back since uh, since his hand injury. So you know, still getting his his feet wet, but uh, you know, kind of a, mm-hmm. a tough tough performance from from Lankinen in net. Yeah. So
0: with Lankinen in net, do you think it would have gone differently with Flurry and? Like, like what do you what do you think like obviously they don't have the, the the defenseman in front of these guys right to kind of like make it easier on them, but with Fleur do you think it kind of goes differently?
1: oh maybe maybe Fleur gets to some other some of the saves maybe not you know I think mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, the hawks you know as I said they're outplayed, but you know yes, Philly only had twenty seven shots and you know four of them went in, but a lot of a lot of defensive turnovers in the in the blackhawks d zone by the by the D's and the forwards breaking out and a lot of high high scoring chances, so uh, you know it could have been it could have easily been more than four four three. By the D's, um,
0: with Lincoln and two, do you think you think he's going to be a guy future goalie of the Hawks? He's oh. shown he's shown flashes, right? Like like I've heard his name last season, especially like he mm-hmm. was he was definitely someone that was like, holy shit, this guy could be really good.
1: Yeah, you know, I think uh, Lankanen was the starter last year and, and did an okay job, you know, given um, given the help that he was presented from the defense and, and the lack of, the, of that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he's got a ton of talent. I think he's mid twenties. I think, I want to say he's like 25. Um, mm-hmm. He, you know, it's kind of a a tough moment when you know you're the starter and then you see your team bring in a, you know, three time Stanley cup future hall of famer and Mark Andre Fleury. Mm -hmm. You kind of know your spot's going to be a backup, but he was, he was publicly pretty, you know, appreciative of the, of the chance to learn and, and kind of study under, under Fleury and Fleury's kind of mentioned before and earlier in the season that he's kind of had uh, enjoyed his time kind of with Lankinen, and they've, they've, they've shown that they're a good, uh, Good friends, so I think it's worked out. You know, I think uh, the Hawks organization depth at goalie has been um, a little questionable, as you've seen with some of these guys that have, have kind of played in in step in stints with the team since Lincoln's injury and and you know the few games I think Fleury missed, but um, if he missed any, <laughs> and so you know it, it's interesting you got that guy who was playing you know in, in the juniors and, and played in the olympics who played that first game versus china and in true commesso, at um i think he's at i can't remember what college i said it, he's at I'm, i botched it last last time i talked about it so i'm not gonna even, even try but uh, <laughs> i'll try you know, to think so, too i can't remember uh, yeah i mean you've got a few guys in there that that could potentially make a case for the future goaltending net but I would say Lincoln. You know, as long as, as the numbers of the, the contract make sense when when his is up, which I'm not sure how many years he's got left on his deal, but uh, you know, as long as those stay team friendly, I would I would assume Lincoln's high percentage of, of being the Hawk starter come come Flurry's departure.
0: Yeah, and I think having that guy in Flurry, you know, like you said, future Hall of Famer, uh, multiple Stanley Cups. Uh, I think Stan Bowman. Really, when he brought him on, he was more thinking of, like, let me make the fans happy, right? And he mm-hmm. inadvertently, unconsciously gave Lankanen, like, a really good mentor. You know what I mean? Because Stan Bowman's yeah. an idiot. He just, he <laughs> didn't even think about that. He's just like, now now it's kind of coming to fruition, right? Like, Lankanen's like, holy shit, this guy's fucking awesome. So that's really cool to see, too. But, you know, hopefully, you know, Lankanen kind of steps it up. And, like you said, I'm be, probably going to be the guy after uh, Flurry departs uh, next season you know, or whenever that is, we'll, uh, we'll see.
1: Yep. Yep. And
0: so, right. Ra- yep.
1: talking. I, I think they're playing today versus Tampa, you know, defending champions. So yeah, hopes are not yeah. too high. I've got money against them already. <laughs> so, uh, truth be told. Um, yeah, I think Dude, that let's would, play that spoilers.
0: Would, let's play spoiler.
1: <laughs> I think that would, uh, <laughs> Uh, wrap up Blackhawks talk for us, yeah. You got any questions yeah. or thoughts?
0: No, man, that, that was good. I like that. Uh, we can go into the somewhat positive news from the MLB coming out. You know, they uh, they realize the impact of what's going on with uh, cancellations of, of uh, the first week of the season. I think that's been pretty pretty uh, pretty set in stone here. Um, what the union, though, and the uh, you know MLB. Have done though, uh, with that impact is start a fund for the affected workers, whether that you know be stadium workers, um, you know people who aren't on the on either the organization's dime, uh, you know, in an executive position, whatever, or that aren't players. Uh, they've started a one million dollar fund. Uh, that this is the union. Uh, Friday they talked to uh, Jesse Rogers, and he was the first one to report the league's fund. Tony Clark, the MLBPA union rep has said that uh, it's intended to support workers who are most affected by the MLB-imposed lockout but whose livelihoods have been disregarded by the owners in their efforts to pressure players into accepting accepting an unfair deal. So he's like giving a little positive while also taking a dig at the owners. Mm -hmm. You know, I kind of like that. Good for him. And (laughs) yeah, you know, the MLB apparently as well is going to be trying to do the same thing for the affected workers i think that's a that's a pretty classy move by both sides even though you know neither of them could give each other a classy move to start the season
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah no absolutely you know i think um, you know as we were talking pre-pod and and as i'm sure you'll have you have the more details about it is you know these neighborhood neighborhoods uh, around these ballparks they they suffer when there's no no product or or anything going around their their facilities, and you know, baseball, and in some of these cities like Chicago and New York, Boston, and all these places that have cold weather, you know, Fenway, New York, you know, Yankee Stadium, uh, mm-hmm. Wrigley, U.S. Uh, or guaranteed rate are all shut down. <laughs> <laughs> Stop! We're not even go, we're not going. We're not going there. Let's go with Kominsky. Come on! I, no, I'm fine with. I'm fine with that. I, I just hate that it's the G spot. We're not going there. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, yeah, no, like, the ne- neighborhoods surrounding these areas, you know, I grew up in, in Lakeview, Wrigleyville, so, um, you know, I understand, like, these places need need the fans to be there to to make their money and, and to survive, and, you know, this this obviously affects the fans, but it always affects more than just the owners, and, you know, you're seeing that through this. And, you know, all credit to the fa- the, the players, and, you know, I guess we'll give, that's what I'll give to the league. But uh, that's all they'll get from me because you know you get get a deal done you know we're, we're seeing serieses be canceled by the day and and yeah no so that, you know but good for good for the people that are getting getting some uh, uh, you know some support.
0: yeah yeah really good for them and you know you mentioned like the neighborhood areas Wrigley field like in the fucking dead center of Wrigleyville obviously you, you you go to a game, you walk across the street, you're at a bar. One of those bars being sluggers you know i uh when i turned 21 that was the first bar i went to uh where i got really of course, hammered. of course uh, yeah of course dude i'm a fucking I'm that i'm a cubs bro um but he the owner of sluggers i forget his name i think i wrote it down here damn it nope, i didn't i didn't write it down but but the owner of sluggers and murphy's bleachers as well we're talking to um one of the guys from nbc chicago uh saying that you know it is going to affect that that not having season is definitely going to affect their business and it's obvious right what what happens in sunday saturday day games or brickley when you know the game's over cubs won. hopefully uh you go across the street to sluggers take a you know drink a few beers maybe take a few swings up upstairs you know in the in the cages make a complete jackass of yourself trying to do so (laughs) but it's definitely taking an effect taking a toll on them so I think uh, you know, just all Cubs fans who do listen to this, just go to sluggers for no reason. Go to go to Murphy's bleachers. Go to Moe's. Go to, go to just that area this summer if there is you know for as long as there isn't games uh, this season. Go get hammered. You'll we'll bring more support.
1: Go, some, that? go yeah. Spring, go take go some take hacks. hacks, you know. Yeah, if, you're not, sluggers, if you're not, get some, get some if You're not trying
0: in. to. If you're not trying to drink, you know, you're trying to have a good time. Go take some fucking hacks in the cages, man. Like, yeah, you can say, you know, a, I got
1: home, I had some beers, but you know, I worked out a little. I took some hacks.
0: <laughs> I worked on my hand-eye coordination. You know, <laughs> keep your eye on the ball. Just try not to get hit by it. Uh, it was so funny. There was a video of uh, of Anthony Rizzo doing like the the Happy Gilmore and taking fucking. Uh, baseballs to like the chest. He like standing in front of me. He's like, "Let's go!" And he's getting hit by it. Yeah, it was so fucking funny. Um, don't do that. I do not expect you guys to do that, but it would be hilarious if you send us a video of that uh, to the Crack One Media page. Uh, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, definitely go to sluggers. Go to all these neighborhood spots. I don't really know, like well, G spot. Where where is uh where is there a spot around Cork and where, like, carries? Way, heavy?
1: Is what I'd say. Is that- The big Cork and carries. Um, oh okay. Um, you know, I I would say uh, that's probably the go to spot around there. But yeah, no, I mean, like you said, it's it's smoke support your local businesses, especially coming out of out of this pandemic. You know, I think people are excited to be outside. I think you know, I don't. Given the Chicago's <laughs> recent updates, you know, we don't have to wear masks yeah. anymore. So it's been it's been exciting and and enjoyable. You know, it's been fun. Yeah,
0: just go. Just go support local businesses, like you said. And you grew up in Lakeview, and you're a mm-hmm. fucking Sox fan. I well,
1: we can talk about that. that
0: we we'll talk
2: about that later.
0: <laughs> it's bullshit. Um, no, but yeah, uh, go go like 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 Jack said. Go go to go to local spots around the around their stadiums. There, um, show these guys that there doesn't need to be a season for you to have fun at their spots because it's going to affect them. And you know, just Chicago as a city should be supporting each other like that 100. percent Absolutely. So, talking Bulls, uh, very, very not happy with the last four games with the Bulls, man. Uh, They just lost to the Bucks. And it wasn't even like this, this Bucks game was kind of like the cherry on top of, of just really, really terrible play against really good teams. Um, that this is their fourth straight loss, uh, and 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 they looked good, right? Like they, they only lost by six, and this is you know the Bucks team. They have Giannis, they have all these guys, right? Uh, uh, Middleton, but watching that game and and seeing them be able to kind of take the lead late in the in the fourth quarter, I believe, or mid fourth quarter, something like that, and then not being able to close out—that that's what really gets me, um, and. Again, just the cherry on top of four straight losses. Even after, like, there was, like, so much hype coming into this game with, like, Allen coming back, what were the Bulls going to do? And Derek Jones Jr. Get, get, did get the flagrant one on Allen. So it's kind of like a, hey, we still we still remember what you did, right? Uh, to our boy Caruso. Uh, he says that it wasn't anything crazy. Like, he was just trying to get the stop. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's a little truth to that. But he definitely... Uh, he definitely got in there pretty physical with with Allen there on the on the attempted layup by him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, and uh, I saw something uh, there. He said yesterday or after the game that like he thought the the crowd was nothing. You know, he said he he that was I know. nothing compared to college and uh, uh, he's gonna
0: get his ass kicked, dude. I can't wait.
1: You know, I, I think yeah, Derek Jones kind of junior kind of gave him a hip gave him a little how do you do but yeah uh you know the elbow part wasn't really intentional in my opinion at least from seeing the replay and and watching it um so yeah no i you know i don't think the the bulls really got what what uh grayson allen really needed to to receive out of it to be honest
0: yeah no i agree man i i you know, especially with what Tristan Thompson said, you know, before the game, you know, take out one of my boys like that, you know, we'll get chippy. Like I don't mind playing a little physical uh, basketball. Uh, you, <clears throat> at least as a, as a fan, I was expecting like, oh shit, here we go, right? Like Tristan Thompson's gonna get on this guy, you know, coming in for a block, you know, he's gonna, he's definitely gonna give him, give him the, the w- welcome back, you know. And this is Tristan Thompson's the guy who we got way after that, you know. So it's mm-hmm. it's awesome that he kind of took on that mentality. Um, uh, of like toughness for the bulls after especially what grayson allen did and you know we go we go back to the loss against the bucks uh it was is it was, again it was it was just disappointing because they beat the bucks before and you know they they beat the hawks before and they lost to both of these teams you know one after the other um Obviously, Derrick Jones Jr. had a really good good game, and especially with the little uh, with the little foul to uh, to Grayson Allen. But
1: Drew Holiday, man, a, what's that? I said Drew Holiday, man. He was he was the it, he closed that fucking game.
0: He really did, and you know Drew Holiday ended up with 26 points, which you know isn't very Drew Holiday like, at least in his career, um, from what I've seen, but. He did. He closed out the game. The the you know, Giannis is Giannis. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong, there was there's a lot of scoring on the Bulls end with Zach Levine getting thirty, there wasn't with nine. Um did did didn't do too bad, nineteen points nine rebounds, but you know, it was just there's a lot to be uh, there's a lot to be desired um, uh, from the Bulls team and there wasn't really much scoring from the bench uh even io and fucking tristan thompson only added 12 points total well, Oh, so it it's a tough it's, loss
1: and that's you know in, in the fourth quarter they had io on holiday and holiday abused you know i know Io is a good he def- did. defender but like you know he was pulling up his he was you know giving him the ass uh fade mm-hmm. away mid-range cash and it felt like he did that for f- four or five possessions in the fourth and uh, you know, Io just kind of didn't really have an answer for it. And, you know, again, it's a rookie and he'll learn these things. And, you know, Drew Holiday is a great mid-range shooter. So all credit mm-hmm. due to where that is. And But, yeah, you know, I think Giannis did what he had to do in that game. I thought Giannis didn't look great. But, yeah, uh, yeah no, I think there was also one moment where uh, there was a jump ball because... They thought Lavina got fouled on the three, which wasn't a foul by Middleton. And oh yeah, yeah, you know Thompson wasn't on the floor, and it was Vucevic only. And you kind of saw it was I think it was Vucevic versus Giannis in a you know a, a jump jump ball. But you know I, I think you, you know why wasn't Thompson out on the floor? I think he had five fouls, so they're you know being conservative towards that. But um, yeah. that's you know it, that's it, exactly it, what it was. It, I think it begs for that need of size in that Bulls lineup.
0: Yeah, and again, you know, we we a lot of the a lot of uh, fans, a lot of you know articles are saying that once Patrick Williams comes back, you're gonna have that size, that athleticism as well. You know, him being a younger guy too, it's gonna be awesome to have him. And I, I'm not gonna lie, I was excited about Thompson. You know, and, and oh, I think we, I and, think
1: he will be a good addition. Don't don't go don't get me
2: don't go wrong. Yeah, with
0: and and that's the thing. Like, it's just me seeing the last three ish, four ish games or whatever, and being like, fuck, he's not. He's not making that immediate impact I had I, expected. But those are like high expectations to have for a guy who uh, just came onto this team and is learning the team and is learning, you know, not how to play basketball, but how to play in this system. You know, I'm sure he knows how to play basketball fine with any team. But, you know, just learning the team, um, being around these guys. But that's just me being just kind of like that. Well, I, I think- need fucking results
1: now. Well, I think the Bulls front office also put that kind of on themselves as well because they didn't make a move at the deadline. And, you know, their their move was signing a a guy who was getting waived and released by, a, you know, an organization and that being Tristan mm-hmm. Thompson. So, yeah, no, I mm-hmm. think it's very fair to have those expectations because, um, you know, you want you're seeing this product, you want to succeed, you want them to carry on. And, you know, you think you, from what they have in terms of a guard standpoint and, and the guys coming back from injury they have the talents you know did they build around it enough through through the season and through the deadline to do that and you know people don't think so and you know they, they're claiming getting those people back from injury is kind of their deadline without really saying that but like that's kind of the opinion yeah you know they're letting off
0: exactly and and just kind of with those expectations you know you, you do <laughs> You've got Tristan Thompson, and then you, you go on this four-game stretch where you, you know, the Bulls just look flat. They don't look like the team that they they were in the first half of the season before the deadline, um, and that's just kind of where they're at now. But you know, like you said, you, there, there's definitely some expectation uh, when when Zo comes back, when Caruso comes back, when Williams comes back, and they did uh, from what I read, they were doing practices, no uh, non-contact practices, but you know, that's still good to see that they're coming mm-hmm. back. Um, here soon, and that they're practicing with the teams and stuff. So
1: yeah, Caruso's just, been posting some stuff on his Instagram of yeah, him taking yeah, some yeah. shots. So hopefully, it'll be soon. Fucking, I don't know about what's, what's lot. Do we have any real estimate? I don't know off the top of my head of what Lonzo's Lonzo's return date looks like.
0: If I'm not mistaken, I think he's supposed to come back before Caruso because I think he was out before that Caruso injury because mm-hmm. I think that Caruso injury was like fuck. Now we added another guard to to the to the uh injury list right so i I think zoe after having his surgery is going to be coming back before caruso if i'm not mistaken they both had the same four to six week timeline um so i think that's kind of where we're at there i I don't think they've placed an exact date uh but i think they said late march from like reports a couple weeks ago
1: well they're gonna have to move on i mean i guess who do you think they Mm -hmm. move on from because they're gonna have to they're gonna have to get rid of what two it's guys? It's tough to say, man. You're, you're, or what three? Because you have three guys coming back from I, injury. Um, yeah, that's true. I think, I think
0: looking at you know kind of their lineup right now, I think at this point they do get rid of Matt Thomas. Um, he he really hasn't done shit. Uh, ever since they uh, brought in Tristan Thompson, um, probably uh, Malcolm Hill again, someone who hasn't really like done too much. much yeah um, as As far as a third man that's tough because be it, it's to looking like they do yeah I just it, it's crazy but like maybe Tony Bradley but he's also a center that we kind of you know we still need we still need size so maybe yeah. Bradley I don't know there's there, that's actually a really good question interesting point to bring up because now like you said who do they you know cut back on I think Matt Thomas for sure Malcolm Hill for sure you know you're not gonna be like eh, iffy between them and Tony Bradley, but yeah, it's interesting. I didn't even think about that. You know, like <laughs> as like a as like a fan, I'm just like, yeah, bring him back, bring him back. I don't even give a fuck about the moves, right? Like not until I hear about him do I even care. But yeah, interesting point because you know you want some depth, but I think Zoe, P. Will and Caruso bring a lot more
1: depth than these guys. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt. So. and then,
0: you know. They've got the the Sixers up next again in this next in this stretch of tough. Is it games. today
1: or is it tomorrow? I think. Uh, let me double
0: check here. Might be tomorrow. Yeah, it's tomorrow. God damn it! I just pulled up the score app and Colorado Rockies versus C- or sorry Diamondbacks versus Cubs canceled. God damn it! Still That's depressed so about that. But yeah, the <laughs> the Sixers are tomorrow um, and. Basically, the Achilles heel of the fucking Bulls. Um, really, any team. I mean, I think they're still they're you know they haven't won a game against the Heat either. Uh, so, so the Heat and the Sixers are really one of the, those teams that are really, really killing the Bulls as of late. Or pre- I mean, pretty much through the, throughout the whole season. Um, so we'll see if they can maybe get their first win against the Sixers. Take that. Take these last four losses, um, and maybe do something with that. You know, kind of light a fire up in, up under their ass. Uh, they just have to close out games their ability to close out games they're close they've lost a, they've lost by a, a total of 31 points these last 4 games to the Grizzlies, the Heat, the Hawks and the Bucks. You know, that's that's a lot of points, right? But but you know, really the most lopsided loss I think was against the the Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, or the Grizz, you know, John Moran is ridiculous, but um, I think hopefully this lights a fire on their ass against the Sixers and they can get their first regular season win against them because if they, you know, I've said this before, um, if they can't beat these really good teams in the East, you know, the playoffs are going to be a rough watch. And while I'm grateful that the Bulls are even in the talks of playoffs this year after the mediocrity that we've had to endure the last three years, the dark ages, if you will, um, it's still kind of disappointing that they're falling flat against these teams, especially with DeRozan, Zach Levine uh, a fucking great rookie sensation in Io and, and and Vooch
1: yeah no absolutely I think you know for anyone that watched the Bucks game that, that's what people were, were really talking about was that you know these Bulls have not beaten the teams they need to beat and until that happens you know it, like you said it could be a really painful and quick quick playoffs hopefully not hopefully not but you gotta beat these big teams, like you know. I think ESPN, yeah. ESPN right now, like I'm looking at it. The match predictor has got you know 66.4 percent in favor of of Philly, so you know 33 to 66. God damn it! So you know, <laughs> and, no, but I like you know up. I like coming into a game as an underdog. You know, I think that that adds a little mm-hmm. bit onto your chest and it makes you want to fight a little bit harder. So hopefully, you know, they take that with a chip on their shoulder. I think if 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 Milwaukee wins today, they take sole possession of of third in the conference. So you got to start mm-hmm. winning these games and you got to clean it up because, uh, um, these teams are struggling. This team is yeah, struggling, it
0: really is. And, and all that overshadows the fact that the Rosen earned, uh, player of the month of February for the East, you know, after an amazing stretch that month, you know, he averaged 34.2 points, um, marked first, uh, Ranked first, sorry, in the conference. Six point two rebounds, five point two assists, and thirteen total games in February. Um, and then between February sixth and the twenty fourth, DeRozan scored thirty five or more points on fifty percent or better shooting, eight consecutive games. That was that was huge for DeRozan, you know. And this again broke that nearly sixty uh, year old record by uh, Will Chamberlain, and he had ten straight games of thirty point games. I think Michael Jordan had one more on him, so he was close to like tying. Uh, Jordan's record and you know Billy Donovan talks about him about what he means to this team you know with with those with those those stats and with his effect the impact he's made on the team and it it just sucks that the team as a whole is kind of struggling against these really good teams especially after again the resurgence of of DeRozan's career really with the Bulls uh, with what he's been doing and again, it was just kind of overshadowed now by this four game losing streak against really good teams.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I think once, what, uh, like here, I think, what, was it against the Memphis that he lost the streak? Um, yeah, I think so.
0: If I'm not mistaken, let me double check here. Was it Memphis or was it. It's Definitely. I think it was Memphis. No, you're probably right. It was Memphis.
1: I want to say it was Memphis. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, no, I mean, you don't want his MVP, you know, type season to be, you know, tarnished by uh, a little skid in in March, you know, late Feb, early March. So, yeah, Yeah. no, we look to look to turn it around in Philly tomorrow, I think. uh, Or is it here or in Philly?
0: I think they're playing here. Pretty sure they're playing here. Cool,
1: cool, cool, cool. Well, you know.
0: Oh, no, sorry. at Philly. Philly. at Philly.
1: Gotcha. Well, no, it'd be good if they could come into Philly and, and kind of you know silence the cl- crowd early and get the win. That would be a big uh, morale boost.
0: Yeah, maybe shut down fucking Joel Embiid for a cha- For a fucking change, that'd be nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a, a good matchup between you know the, the the some finalists. I don't know if we could call DeRozan the favorite after this week, but
0: yeah, it's gonna be tough after this. Yeah, tough tough stretch of games here, but. We'll see how they how they come out against uh, uh, Philly, and maybe they can get their first regular season win against them. And exactly. Maybe they'll they'll inspire all the fans. You know how they did the first half of the year. Yep. All right, so let's go to Bears breakdown. Interesting news out of Dallas: da Mari da Cooper Bears. is the Bears probably going to need a new home for Mari Cooper uh, after reports have come out of Dallas that they're probably going to let him go after. After signing like a ridiculously good deal too with uh, with Dallas, like like I don't know if it was expected throughout the year or 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 what, but he signed like a deal for like five years and like I don't know like fifty million or something like that. Uh, but yeah, apparently he's going to need a new home, and you know with with uh, the Bears kind of uh, getting a new uh, front office here, the idea is that they might go after Amari Cooper, um, but. I don't know. I don't know because this this wide receiver draft class is pretty deep, and I think they can make a they can make some really good pickups during the draft, and they could maybe get like some some, you know, some guys some wide receivers to kind of plug the holes to make them competitive this year. Because I don't think we, you know with with the with the uh, with the contract that Amari Cooper had signed with Dallas, I don't really think that's a good move for the Bears to do right now, especially when. You know just like the hawks they're 100 percent in a rebuilding mode mm-hmm. right now instead of retooling uh so i don't know if that's the move uh to bring in uh amari cooper
1: yeah it'll be it'll be interesting to see you know i think we uh, will we'll have this i don't know i mean i guess let me ask you this are you on the impression that you know a rob's out like definitely 100 percent gone
0: um it's tough to say. I think so. But with, you know, with the new front office, he may be leaning toward maybe staying. But personally, even with the new front office, I don't think A-Rob's staying.
1: That's what I would that, – that's kind of what I think. And so, I mean, yeah, assuming that A-Rob leaves, the Bears are going to need some depth. So, yeah, someone of us of – you know, anyone that has the skills that Amari had to be, you know, the the high first-round pick that he was when Dow selected him, you know, all those years back. yeah um, mm-hmm. Has he lived up to that draft pick? You know, he's had some good years. He's had some years that yeah. were a little questionable. Uh, you know, yes, last year, Dak got hurt pretty, you know, pretty middle, early to the season. So, uh, and that, you know, having not having your top quarterback throwing to you, you know, your, your numbers are going to struggle. And that being Andy mm-hmm. Dalton, our, our quarterback <laughs> this year for parts of it. Uh, but no, I yeah, I see that. If you're looking to add on a contract that heavy, being in the situation the Bears are in, I think you could try and, and find that talent elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the thing about Cooper is like, he is <clears throat> he's a really good route runner, um, but he it does take time for him to kind of like get that down, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that time for him to be open, you need that protection for Justin Fields, for a guy like any quarterback, really, right? And you, we we all saw last year the offensive line needs help. Yes, really badly. And Ryan Poles, being a former offensive lineman himself, knows that, and he is pretty clear about not only adding like these playmakers for the for the Bears, you know, someone like Cooper who can actually do that, um, but most importantly, starting with the offensive line. And while he hasn't really been like too outspoken on Tevin Jenkins or Larry Borum I still think personally they're gonna be really good and they're gonna be on that line for years to come. But he knows that they, there's definitely some like some 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 holes to fill, some some guys to maybe let go of, bring in other guys. I just I just am very confident in, in polls being like we need to update this line first and then we can start talking about big time wide receivers. Guys who can make plays because Justin Fields not only needs the time but he needs that you know protection just in general. Even if he does want to end up running the ball himself, like I said, Amari Cooper can make the moves. He can he can get open, but again, that takes time for him. And Justin Fields needs time, and that's not something he had with this uh, with this offensive line in this past season.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. I think, you know, you saw it with, with, um, how many times he was getting sacked and, you know, protection is what leads to success. And, you know, if you can't be protected, it, it also leads to, uh, you know, the negatives of injuries. So I think you got to protect mm-hmm. your, your, your number one asset being fields. So getting that, that offensive line settled in and in lockdown is, I, it has to be, you know, the number one priority of this offseason, in, in, in my opinion as well.
0: Yeah, and they've got like about $26 million in, in cap space right now. Uh, the Bears do. So they could probably afford a, a couple of uh, of uh, big contracts, but, you know, with what they're trying to do, protect fields field and all that, I think they should absolutely spend that on, on offensive linemen, whether that be through free agency, uh, you know, just kind of like uh, the draft, bringing in guys who can maybe like Begin the rebuild, but also be those mentor guys. So, a uh, Larry Borum, a uh, Tevin Jenkins. Um, you never know. They, they got money, but I don't think spending it on a wide receiver when your O-line is questionable is the right move. Uh, it would definitely help out Justin Fields. Um, you know, even if they brought a Rob back, they, they're going to definitely have to pay him. You know, they can leverage that really bad season he had last year. But it would be... It'd be smarter to go the offensive line route. I think so. And again, with the with the wide receiver class, uh, from what I've read, being as deep as it is in this draft, I think they can. I think they can get a couple of jams uh, in those middle to late rounds. You know, with like like they did with Mooney, for example.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and then, and you know they they got a couple good guys right now that have been on the team. Uh, Goodwin. Um, really, that's the only name that's coming up, other than A. Rob, uh, but obviously Mooney as well. So we'll see. I think they should definitely bolster up that uh, offensive line first and then worry about big contracts like a wide receiver. Make Chicago a location a free agency destination that that they want to come to first before spending the money that they want to spend on a guy like Amari Cooper.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right, so those was Bears breakdown. We'll see what 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 that has to offer. We're going to I'm going to follow the draft closely, obviously with Ryan Poles uh and Eberflus this being their first draft as Bears guys. Um Wanted to get into the Instagram questions. We had asked you guys on the Crack One Media Instagram page, you know, any questions that you had for us that we that you wanted us to cover on the pod. We did have one, and this is a good one. Uh, obviously, with the playoffs, um, you know, most importantly, most notably, actually, I should say, the, the, the uh, Bills and uh, Chiefs coming down to OT. Josh Allen never getting the ball in OT. One of the questions was, overtime in the NFL sucks. Can you fix it, uh, Jack? Do you want to go first? What do you think?
1: Um, I think there's been a few talks. That, you know, you're seeing hopefully the movement happen. So, in my opinion, I would like to um, either adapt a, a version of the college football rules. If it's not at the 20 or the 25, maybe you know have it be the the potentiality of starting at the 50 or something like that. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you know. Give each team two possessions, and then start the sudden death rule. Um, And that way, you know, if one team scores a field goal and kicks the field goal, and and the other team scores a touchdown, it wins. You know, both teams had a chance. You know, that first team that had the ball, they didn't score a touchdown. Too bad. That's your fault. Mm -hmm. You didn't get it done. You lose.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't mind just because, like, with kickoffs being pretty much bullshit, you know, ever since they changed the rule of where to kick off. I don't think they should do that anymore. You win the coin toss, like you said, start at the 50. Uh, If you score a touchdown or a field goal, alright, cool, now the other team gets it. Now, if you score a field goal, you know, you get the first possession, you score a field goal, they score a touchdown. I think you call it there. Um, I don't think the other team gets another possession if they really settled for a field goal, right? You're trying to win the game. Field goals aren't going to win it here. Now, obviously, two field goals... Uh, one from each team, sudden death. Now let's get into it, right? If you score a field goal, now, you're, now you are now now you get the win. But this whole thing about um in the playoffs with Josh Allen not getting the ball in overtime after an, a, f- a fucking amazing game that he played, don't get me wrong, uh, Mahomes had a really good game as well. You know, 13 seconds leaving his team downfield to get that field goal to tie it, to go in overtime. I still think it's important that for these players, uh, for these big time players, especially in the playoffs, you know I don't give a shit if if Bears, Detroit Lions, you know, um, going overtime and you know the Bears score a field goal and you'll call it there, or maybe they score a touchdown and you call it there. I could give two shits if it's like week three, week four between two teams that don't really matter. When it comes to teams in the playoffs, uh, it's I just think it's way more important to do that, do something like that where. Mm-hmm each team gets a possession because it's just electric to watch it's more football to watch and it just does it does better things for the NFL as far as ratings in, in general
1: yeah absolutely you know i think if you look at the sports that that do have sudden death being you know hockey pretty much um that is a sport where you know both teams are able to easily possess in a short period of time and in, in a significant amount in that short sp- short amount of time um, for both teams to possess said puck in, in sudden death times and yeah in football you know if if I go out there I win the coin toss my team drives down and scores seven points and um, on the first drive and it's over it's just you know what. What were the 17 games before that meeting? What was <laughs> yeah. the meaning of all of that work to get to this point? For me not even to have a goddamn chance to go and score. Go and go and respond, for a matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, just to
0: even put the offense on the field, right? Like,
1: And if you're upset about the fact that if both teams score a touchdown, let's say, all right, for example, both teams score a touchdown, both teams score a touchdown, you know, in the college rules, they adapted the fact that you have to go for two. You have to start going for two after every once in a while. You know, there's ways mm. to move around it. Like there's just there's just no reason for it to be a one and done with a touchdown, and then have it happen when when you know everyone is watching, and your best two you know product you know in terms of quarterback and your future of your league is is you know going toe to toe, trading blows uh, round for round, and then you just have it be a you know. A sudden knockout when when the guys in his corner not looking.
0: Yeah, dude, it's it's infuriating. And you know, just thinking about this, talking about this, what would be cool is if the kickers went one for one. If like you both kickers come to midfield, flip a coin. All right, we're gonna start off at the twenty. You make a field goal. Both make a field goal from twenty. All right, now the twenty-five. Both make it. All right, now the thirty. Dude, imagine fucking how electric that would be off. a kicker in the playoffs oh kickoff that would be amazing <laughs>
1: yeah, that'd be nuts well it's, it's funny like you bring up kickers like I think uh um I think if the, the reports are like that Cincinnati is pretty angry with uh, Mcpherson or whatever his name is because he watched the yeah. halftime show and you know people are like all right well like who gives a shit he's a kicker and and you know I don't really have an opinion <laughs> on that but like it just would make a, a kicker mean so much more to, to your team. So I like that <laughs> idea. I do. I think man, that'd be fun. Man,
0: man was trying to vibe during the Super Bowl. What, you know, um, but yeah, that, that dude, that would be fucking electric. Imagine just sending your kicker out there, like, dude, it's really up to you now at this point. And especially with the with the craziness that it was in Buffalo. I think with the wind, right? Like during that yeah, oh yeah. game. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, imagine that. Like you have to. Your kicker has to be fucking on it. Uh, I think that would be electric and magic just again kickers can win ridiculous contracts on that shit alone um, and it would just it would just make it so much so much fun for the fans I think in the NFL
1: yeah no No doubt no doubt keep sending us <laughs> questions though shit yeah I really appreciate it
0: yeah man it's, it's awesome I, I kind of like these like you know just like randomness kind of makes you uh, have to think on your feet there for a sec
1: but yeah it does
0: yeah yeah uh, I did want to put out, uh, One Media does have a brand new podcast. Uh, I am a part of that. It's called Only Football. It's under the big leagues uh, tree of podcasts, I guess we'll call it. But, uh, yeah, Only Football just came out uh, yet, uh, Sunday, yesterday, Sunday. So check that out. Obviously, we're only going to be talking football. Uh, myself and the co-host Kyle are going to be doing that. Jack, you're welcome on anytime you'd like to come on.
1: Yeah, maybe we'll have to hop on closer towards uh, um, closer towards uh, maybe the off season air football season starts. Yeah, absolutely.
0: One hundred percent. Maybe time to. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. This Black
1: season, it's burning me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say
0: you don't look you don't look happy at all.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, we 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 battle on for another day.
0: Uh, yeah that's that's kind of that's kind of the move right now
1: but yeah no definitely uh, but yeah, give thank you you, a listen.
0: yeah man that'd be that'd be much appreciated uh definitely gonna be putting posts on the crack one media page speaking of which follow us on crack one media at crack one media on instagram obviously we're putting out stories for questions um putting out polls things like that give us a follow share if you enjoy the podcast big league chicago go listen to only football share that as well if you enjoy it um Give me a give me a follow on Twitter. Uh, you could see the more emotional side of being a sports fan and me come out on my Twitter. Uh, if I could just be as crazy on Twitter here, I'm sure we'd get I don't know we'd get a lot more <laughs> questions, a lot more people being like, "What the fuck is this guy on?" Um, follow Jack at Siftyman on Twitter as well, and yeah, read the blogs. Go on CrackwindMedia.com, and again, just share if you enjoy if you're enjoying uh all this, all this coolness that we're bringing you for uh, Big League Chicago.
1: Absolutely, all Absolutely. right. As always, a pleasure.
0: Yeah, man. We'll see you next time.
2: See ya. to the halftime show I love a nigga, flatline, yeah I know Niggas quick to lose cool and frown down on something new that they ain't used to Like nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show I love to leave a nigga flatline. Yeah I know Niggas quick to lose school And frown down on something new That they used to Them Damn, all these little screw Niggas they lame Fuck with them I can't Basic manner than strange Vision faded and plainer X nigga was not really Bitty was on some bitch shit Wasn't a fan yeah, of your figure. figure And I only like the skinny women Shit I like my women plus size No lie that wide stress my son, your butt thighs That's fine by me She yeah, cooks whenever I slide, pasta burger, french fry sometimes, sometimes I don't even eat She fuck with my breasts, my fluffy She sweats, she let me eye Kiss on her tummy, my tummy XL It fit her perfect, won't catch me lurking at all My richer once I spit all. saw Sense so proud and so, so tall. tall, those cheeks around Love a applause. over and over and over again Told my homie and my parents We were only just friends At first, I couldn't let my secret out Then it's getting deeper now But I don't care what others think about me Came out of depression, had to pick up the Penny gets skinny nigga, thick wallet chubby chasing them Benjamins now. Trap got all day to change the name, so we winning again. Sound Posh, sure Hey, welcome to the halftime show. I love to leave a nigga flatline, yeah, I know. Niggas quick to lose cool and if frown down, down on something th- new that they ain't used to. Like, nigga, who's you? Welcome to the halftime show I love to leave a nigga flatline Yeah, I know Niggas quick to lose school And frown down on something new That they ain't used to Damn, all these little screw niggas